what is today? Today's Father's Day. And before I get into the message, I'm going to give you a little mental quiz. I'm going to read a question. I want you to answer it in your mind. Then I'll give you the right answer. Okay? If this was Wednesday night, I'd let you answer. But I always tell people, you've got to be bold to answer my questions. Because if you answer it wrong, I'll tell you. Okay? So, what year did Mother's Day become an official holiday? Anybody know? Don't answer. I'm telling you. Answer in your brains. I will answer the question. 1914. What year did Father's Day become an official holiday? 1972. We don't know that, did you? Richard Nixon was in the midst of a re-election campaign, I think it was, and he made that decision to proclaim it as a federal holiday. How much money will Americans spend on gifts for their father this year? $20 billion. That is hard to believe. But you know how much they'll spend on their how much they spent on their mothers? Twenty-six billion. You spend six billion dollars more on your mother than you do on your father. But there is a country that has an exception, because I looked up different countries. Australia, for example, spends eight hundred million dollars on Father's Day, but on Mother's Day they spend forty-six million dollars less, which is interesting. What holiday has the most phone calls? Mother's Day. What holiday has the most collect calls? Father's Day. <laughs> if my sons called me collect, I would hang up on them. That's an interesting statistic. Okay. What's the number one gift given to mothers on Mother's Day? I said answer in your mind. <laughs> Flowers. What's number two? Candy. What's the number one gift on Father's Day? A tie. You seen that commercial on TV from Omaha Steak? Shows a tie and it shows all the steaks and says buy the steaks, not the tie. But in Australia, the number one gift given to fathers is alcohol. The number one gift to mothers is flowers followed by alcohol. <laughs> that is very interesting statistic. That was unusual. You know, because I think about 30 or 40 countries has Mother's Father's Day. How many hours a week does the average father spend face to face with his children? How many hours a week? How many say 15? Five hours a week, the average father spends with his children. That's less than an hour a day. The number one reason is they seek to provide their kids with every luxury that the kid wants. That's the number one reason. What country leads the world in fatherlessness? The United States. I find his statistics, and I really looked them up in the Pew Institute. One out of four children in America will grow up without a father figure in their lives. One out of four. Eighty-five percent of those will develop behavioral disorders. Seventy percent of them will take drugs and alcohol use. And girls that grow up without a father 
will become sexually active at a very early age and live their life unable to build or hold a loving relationship. Here's another fact, which I thought was interesting. They did a survey, and 63% of the fathers who answered admitted that they don't spend enough time with their children. How many don't and didn't admit it? 63%. Overall, fatherlessness children have more difficulty with social adjustment and established friendships. So today is Father's Day. So let me ask you this. What kind of emotions does this day stir up in you? Is it delight or is it dread? Is it joy or is it sadness? Is it a day that reminds you of how wonderful your father was on the day? Or is it a painful reminder of what you never had? Did your father physically, mentally, or emotionally abuse you? Or is he one who encouraged you? Is that me or is that something else? That's, thanks a lot, Tisa. <laughs> I appreciate that. She almost ran me over this morning, anyway. Was he one who made your mother cry? Or one who brought her happiness? Was he one who tried to control your life? Or one who allowed you to grow into your destiny? Children have personalities. That personality was given to them by God. If they're strong, stubborn, whatever they are, that was a God-given gift. It is your job to channel that gift into the direction of what God wants so that they can use it, so they can grow up and be an adult who makes firm decisions and sticks to those decisions and can become presidents of companies or even president of the United States. They make good lawyers. They make good judges. If they're one that is, cries all the time and goes a certain direction, they will grow up and show tremendous love to people when they talk to them about Christ. So it is your job to take a child and channel that gifts that God has gave them, not try to destroy them or get rid of them. I went to uh, uh, Goodwill yesterday. I go every day. If you're going to go to the thrift store, you look for certain things, you got to go every day. So I walk in, walk out in five minutes. But anyway, I walked down, and I found one thing. So this young girl's up there, and she says, you're only, banging, you're only buying one thing? She started talking. I'm thinking, what are you, you're not always talking. You're supposed to be ringing me up. <laughs> so I asked her, I said, I said, how long are you working? She says, my second day. And she's smiling, and she's all happy. I said, you know, you got a very nice personality. You know what she said? My stepmother doesn't think so. She keeps trying to change me. Okay? She's already probably in her 20s. Her stepmother doesn't think she has a nice personality. She says, everybody tells me I got a nice personality, but my, but my stepmother. What kind of damage does that do? Okay? Maybe he was, get my computer going here. Maybe it was a father who, never, who you never knew, or one who abandoned you at a very critical time in your life. I heard a story 
about a pastor who struck up a conversation with another man. In time, the conversation turned to Christ because he wanted to know what this pastor did. He told me he's a pastor. I would go to different get-togethers in Hawaii when I pastored, and I'd, people would be there, and someone come to me and start talking to me, and so they found that I was a pastor. Their whole countenance changed. All at once, they don't talk bad or whatever. Anyway, the one listening seemed to be interested in his talk about Christ and how much God loves him. But in their discussion, the man asked the pastor this question, what is God like? The pastor thought for a second and said, God is like your father. The face of the man changed. He stood up and said, if God is like my father, I want nothing to do with him. Don't ever tell anybody God is like your father. Okay? I want to plant that deep in your spirit, and this is the direction the Holy Spirit wants to take us. God is not like your father. God is your father. Last question. Do you know his name? Let me prep that question with a hint. It is not the man who birthed you. So let me ask it again. Do you know the name of your father? It's a very simple yet powerful question. Most of you know the answer. We find it in Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. God came to Moses, struck up a conversation. In the midst of that conversation, Moses asked God one simple question. What is your name? God said, I am that I am. In 1955, anybody remember 1955? Most of you weren't born by 1955. I was nine years old. I walked down the aisles of Milan Baptist Church and gave my heart to Christ. At that point, I began to read the Bible. I read the King James. I didn't really understand it, but I was reading it. But anyway, I was reading, especially Matthew. You start reading in Matthew. I don't recommend a new convert starts reading Matthew because all the genealogy comes with. But anyway, I got to chapter 23, verse 9, and it, the verse reads, Call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. From that day forward, this is a member of mine of a nine-year-old. From that day forward, I never called my father, my dad, father again. I began to develop a relationship with my real father in heaven. I used to go for walks throughout the hills of southern Indiana. In those days, you could do that. There was all these forests, and there was nobody really owned them, but the I don't know who owned them, but anyway, there's no fences. But I used to go for walks with all my dogs. I used to have a lot of dogs. And I would spend time just talking back and forth to my father. I would just talk to him, tell him how I appreciate this, how I appreciate that. Thank you that I found some crawdads to eat. Thank you that uh, there's some wild apples growing. Thank you for these things. I, would ju I, would just, I just grew up that way. I came to know exactly how my father feels about me. Over my 67 years of spending time with my father, I've experienced his love, his patience, his kindness, his honesty, his faithfulness, his selfishness, but most of all, his forgiveness. My father, our father, only encourages us. He never discourages you. 
Even if you've done something wrong, he will encourage you to correct that. And we need as believers to learn that. We need to learn that the only thing we are to speak is something that builds a person up. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they've done. We need to encourage them and to strengthen them and tell them we'll be there for them. Okay? My father only encourages us. And he instructed me. He began to speak to me through the word. And early in my ministry, he said to me, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your pegs. For you will, spin, you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your descendants will possess nations and resettle desolate cities. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Most of what God has said to me out of which chapter is Isaiah 54. I've got more from God out of Isaiah than every book of the Bible. So I enlarged it a lot. I took steps. I've had the honor of preaching underground church in Red China, underground church in Nepal. That was a very interesting experience. Dr. Patrick, who I was with traveling, we checked in his hotel, and our, our hotel phone rang. And the other end was this lady who pastored an underground church in Nepal, said the Lord told her to call the hotel and ask for that room, and that I was supposed to speak for her that Sunday. They didn't even know I was even there. So they picked me up, two guys picked me up. They drive around and around and around and around, making sure no cops are following them. And they take me to this underground church, which I thought underground church meant underground, didn't mean underground. It just means that the police don't know where they're meeting at. Same thing in China. I preached all throughout India. I've preached in Scotland. I've ministered in Singapore and Australia. I've traveled around the world meeting believers who, who still impress me today, who were so overjoyed that Christ would consider them worthy enough to suffer for him. I failed my father many times, but he has said to me, fear not, for you will not be put to shame, and do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. Isaiah 54, 4. And you will forget the shame of your youth. Now at 75, I've done that. When Margaret and I first got married and our two boys were young and we were trying to pinch pennies, as they say. And they, you know, Chris and Troy want something. I said, no, I can't afford it, can't afford it. One day we're in the store and God said to me, as long as you keep fresh fruit in your house, you always have enough money to buy all you need. So I told, I said, boys, grab the oranges, the grapes, whatever you want, okay? So, I've walked through my life knowing that my father loves me. I really don't know the true depth of that love. I will say when I stood before Jesus, when I, when I died, I was dead for 62 minutes, that his love was like liquid love, and I've said this over and over. It's like he just poured, as he spoke, it's just like love just flowed out and just started in my head and all me down. But cannot, I cannot explain the depth of that love. We don't know how much our Father loves us. 
I know that all things work together for my good because my daddy doesn't bring bad things on me. He does not do that. In Hebrews, the word for father is A-B. I'm not going to pronounce that again, speak Hebrew. The meaning of that is he's a man who, number one, has children either by birth or adoption. And, which is a word that connects what has been said with what is going to be said. So not only is it a man who has, who has birthed children by birth or adoption, it's a man who leads those children. That's the Hebrew qualification of being a father. God, your father, meets those two qualifications. He says to you, I am the Lord your God who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And I don't know if you can imagine this, but imagine yourself walking as a child and your father's holding your hand and there's all kinds of bullies around who, will, who have been troubling you and there they see you with your father and they back off. The enemy against your soul will back off when he sees you walking with your father as he's holding your hand and as he is leading you. He will back away and you need to just see yourself as your father holding your hand. Now I can't speak for you, but I need my father to hold my right hand 24-7. I need him to hold it at all times. And make sure my voice don't give out. I'm going to put one of these in my mouth. Thank you. Okay. When I speak to my father, I never call him by his name. I am that I am. Nor do I use the Hebrew word A-B. It's very interesting that the Hebrew word for father is A-B. But he was only a father to the nation of Israel. Not He was not individual. The Jews didn't under really understand the law that God gave them. They looked at it as, if I obey the law, God loves me. If I don't obey the law, God doesn't love me. And how many of God's people have that same thought? Oh, if I do this and do this, God's going to love me more. Oh, I did this and did this, God's, God's going to love me less. There is no truth in any of that, but that's how they develop. Jesus comes along. He uses an Arabic word, which is very interesting. It's Abba which starts A-B-B-A. It's Aramaic. I've had preachers say that that was a word that babies would first pronounce in Arabic when they spoke to their father. But in all my research, that's not true. It was only spoken by a mature son who had a loving relationship with the father. It's what he would call him. He would go up and say, Abba, I need this. Abba, how are you doing today? Aramaic men who did not have a relationship with their father, a good relationship with their father, would not say that to them. Because the meaning was there is a deep, intimate relationship between father and son. Your father wants to have an intimate relationship with you. This man right here told me this morning. He, he didn't know I was going to preach this, but he told me this morning that he got up and had a revelation of who his real father is. 
God the Father. And I'm I'm in a brain freeze. I can't remember your name, but was that is that correct, Steve? Is that correct? So he thanked his father for Father's Day. That's what we need to do. Jesus assured us that the I am that I am is our Father by telling us he does the Lord's Prayer. He starts it with the words, Our Father. What a lot of us may not know is that that prayer that Jesus preached was a Jewish prayer that Jews preached. It did not come just out of the blue. The difference was is Jesus changed the beginning where he used words that made Jewish religious leaders very upset. He said, our father, which means he's my father. He's your father. Our father, which art in heaven. They did not like that fact. It's one of the reasons they wanted to get rid of him. It was a very sign of disrespect to call God your father. Paul in Romans 8.15 adds to that. We have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but we have received the spirit of adoption as sons so we can cry out as Jesus did, Abba, Father. In other words, we go to our Heavenly Father and say, Daddy, I know you're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds, and I got one I need you to tear down. And your father says to you, what is it, son? What does your father need to tear down in you? What does your father need to tear down in you? What does he need to... Abba, I got a problem. I got somebody that's bugging me. What am I supposed to do about it? Tell me what it is. I'm your father. I'll listen to you. We have a problem with the city. Okay. Let's tell our father what that problem is. And he says, don't worry, son, I'll take care of it. Okay? Or I'll give you the authority, and I give you the authority and strength to take care of it, and I'll give you the wisdom what to do. So he asked you the question this morning, what is it, son? So let me say this again. God is not like your father. God is your father, and he is your literal father. So absorb this. The whole essence of a father can never be found in a man. So stop looking for it. Earthly fathers are flawed, some more than others. Now, my two sons will tell you that I'm not. <laughs> They're not going to say anything right now? Okay? Not one of us, not one of us demonstrates fully the essence of a father. The whole essence of a father is found only in our Heavenly Father. He's the only father who keeps all of his promises he made to you. If he says he's going to be there for your ball game on a Friday night, he will be there. If he tells you he'll be with you when you go to court, he will be there. He never promises you something he doesn't do. He does promise you this, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. And we can rest 100% assured that he does what he promises. So how many of you are fathers this morning? It is your job to learn what your father 
is like and to do the best you can to be like your father so your children can be like your father. Okay? Is your job, as I said, to learn what your Heavenly Father is like and to demonstrate it to your children, whether they be physical children, adopted children, or spiritual children? Your Father says to you, if you feel fatherless, He says to you, no one in my kingdom is fatherless. No one in my kingdom is fatherless. No one. Psalm 68, 5. And I assure you from that verse that if you feel fatherless this morning because of your father wasn't what he should have been, you're not fatherless. You got a father. Focus on that father. God says to us, I'm a loving, caring parent. Isaiah 49, 15, John 16, 26 to 27. So I encourage you, as he says to you, Cast all your cares on me, 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, I enjoy being with you. I want you to enjoy being with me, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. So I'm going to close, and I want to pray that I've given you a picture, and I've done a lot of praying about this, of how much your Father loves you. And I'm not talking about the man that birthed you. I'm talking about your Heavenly Father. I don't care how your father was, whether he was excellent or whether he was horrible. Nobody matches up. Make God your father. I pray you realize that he is not like earthly fathers who can hurt us, abuse us, abandon or reject us. He is a father who always has time for you. Who wants to, who on all of that, he wants to spend time with you. You can wake up in the middle of the night and he start talking to me and say, what is it, son? What do you need? A father who knows your pain because Jesus came and felt your pain. A father who knows your hurt because Jesus came and God the Father and the Son are one and he felt your hurt. A father who knows every temptation that you're going through because Jesus went through them on a level that we can't even begin to think of who wants to share with you because he wants you to be free and fulfill the destiny that he has set for you. So I want to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray this with me. Father, I love you. I thank you for adopting me into your family. I thank you for making me your child. I thank you for being my daddy. I thank you for your unconditional love for me. Thank you for providing all my needs. Thank you for your unending care. And I say to you, Abba, happy Father's Day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that this message has sunk home. I pray that every man, woman here, all of us, every single one of us has an earthly father. And 
And I pray, God, that we would learn that the real Father we have is you. That we would develop a relationship with you. We'll allow you to heal every hurt. Heal every disappointment. Heal every sorrow. So that we can walk in the freedom of forgiveness. And I pray for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.